Welcome along, I'm Alan Williams and this is the Alan Williams Podcast. Hey folks, welcome to episode number 55 of the podcast. It's been a long lockdown doing the solo cast. Good news, we've got a guest on today for the first time in about three months, I think. There was one TV show that had the nation hooked during lockdown. It was Normal People. And I'm delighted to say today I am joined by Maeve Maxwell, who played Lisa in Normal People. And she is also from Sligo. She's from Ransborough originally, which is nice to get another (laughs) Sligo person on. Maeve, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It's good to have you. How was lockdown for you? Was it okay? It uh, It was actually great being home in Sligo for the first time. For three months straight in a very long time be able to see my mum and go on lovely walks and eat good food yeah it's great <laughs> it's a big change from Dublin I'd say yeah you yeah, spend a lot is. of time in Dublin don't you yeah I I live in Dublin basically and then I come home whenever yeah for basically a little holiday yeah, yeah. you were even in school in Dublin you were saying to me off very early. yeah so I did my first three years in St Mary Balster and then I did my leave and start up in Dublin okay and that was basically because I I really wanted to do proper acting classes that weren't you know, speech and drama and going to the fesh and all that kind of stuff. So I went to Dublin and I did drama as part of the school, which was great. And I could do music, which they didn't offer in Balster. And then every Tuesday night I used to go in and do like proper acting classes, okay. which was great for two years. And then um, and then I went to the Lear. Yeah. Yeah. And are you one of these girls that dream about being a professional actress or yeah. a singer and then it actually happened for you? I actually, I, I do think so. Um I think it was kind of always part of me. Um, so I think the first introduction I had to it was when I was in first class. I enrolled with like a few girls in my class and we did um, like a dance class. Um, but it was a lot more kind of extreme than we thought it was going to be. And there was like an end of year show and there was like solos given out and everyone was like, I want the solo. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I used to get solos and I used to do like dance. I'm still not a great dancer. Like I'm going to scratch that. Um, but yeah, I used to do um, a bit of singing. And then I realized that I actually loved the acting side of it and imagining the world behind the song that I was singing. And then when there was like little bits of acting in the shows, I used to I used to love it. So then I went to speech and drama and I started doing the fesh and yeah, it just kind of all started from there. It was just kind of together. one thing after the other. Yeah. yeah. And was there a point then when you kind of thought to yourself, well, I have to move if I want to actually do more? Did, was, was that a conscious decision? Yeah, um, I would say that. Um, but there is lots to offer you, like in Sligo, um, to, especially to do with music. There's so many music it's great music scene. Yeah. yeah. Um, with Kieran Quinn, I used to yeah. do the teenage theme nights. Oh, okay. um, but that was more singing. So to do with acting, I think for me, the next step was to kind of go to Dublin. So I used to do like summer camps and go to Dublin and do them. Um, and then I used to do acting classes and it, mostly over the summer because obviously school and stuff. Yeah. And then... Um, yeah, so then the next step was to go to Dublin and kind of, because I'd done everything here. Yeah. I kind of had such a hunger for it that I'd literally done everything by the junior cert and then I was like, I need something else. Yeah. Yeah, so then I moved. <laughs> and you got into the Lear Academy then, is that? I did, yeah. Probably yeah, that's how you Lear, pronounce it. The Lear yeah. Academy, yeah. Um, is it, what's the criteria for getting in there? So I, the first year I applied was the year I was doing my leaving cert. And I applied for every drama school under the sun. I went over to London like literally like 10 times that year. Um, and I didn't get in anywhere. Um, and then I was I was actually heartbroken. I was like, it didn't happen for me. What am I going to do? I had no, <laughs> actually no backup plan. And then the Lear called me and like literally two days after I didn't get into the full-time BA acting. Um, 
and they said, we're going to offer you a place in the foundation course. And the foundation course is the two-term course, and it kind of just it introduces you into what drama school is and kind okay. of um, it was so good for me because I left school when I was 17 like I was right. way too young to go to drama school I had no idea I just wanted to be an actress and that's what I wanted to do um, so I did that for two terms and then I got my first job and I moved to Dublin and I had freedom for the first time and it was a great year and then I tried to get into every drama school under the sun again. Um, and I got into three schools. Oh, um, so I got into two over in London and I got into the Lear. Um, and I just chose the Lear because it was kind of where my heart was. You know okay. when you got to go, this is where I want to be. Um, Your gut instinct is usually right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the audition process is, 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 is quite intense. Yeah, so you get the first round. Oh, you have to audition is, to get in? Yeah, okay. so the first round is you meet with um, Lachlan and then the director as well. And then the second round is you meet the Shakespeare. Well, there's a Shakespeare monologue person and there's like you do a contemporary monologue as well. And then you do both of them and you workshop them and they kind of walk you through like how they want you to do it. And then the third round is like a full day of what the Lear would be. But it's like you're being judged as well and yeah, everyone's yeah. like hungry for it. And it's, um, it's a bit of pressure on. It, there's a lot of pressure on, yeah. Um, and then the next day you get a call or you don't. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so it is. It's, it's, um, it's, it's intense, but um, it's, such, it's so amazing. And the thing is with the Lear is you'll get in when your time is right. Like I know so many people that have tried for years and years and then they get in they're like, this is the year for me. Like this yeah. is when I was ready to go in because it is intense. Like yeah. I would be in the Lear from, I would be there for about half eight and you'd be leaving at like 9 p.m. Oh, well. Yeah. And what happens during the day, mate? Like, I'm kind of picturing you all going around doing scenes and acting know, all day yeah, long. I'm yeah. sure you're not doing that all day, are you? Kind of, actually. <laughs> yeah. So we have like, there's there's like movement modules and physical theatre modules. The physical theatre was like uh, juggling and handstands, which I am so bad at like he was like you're gonna have to make juggling your own because you just can't do it and I kind of had to do like a kind of flaring arm movements and just smile you don't want me doing yeah. that coordination to be all over the place yeah. I'm never um, gonna make an actor they were like just just we want to see you go for it um movement I love movement I take a lot of like my process through the movement class um just like efforts and things and how everybody moves so differently and that's kind of where I begin with my process and then we do speech classes voice classes okay oh my goodness everything singing classes uh, bits of dance but that's kind of more project weeks um, and then you have basic acting technique um, yeah so it's, okay, it's a lot class. of different variables different yeah modes. yeah so you just get you get your timetable Right. And that's yeah. And how long do you spend there then? Is it like four years, three years? It's three years, three yeah. Years. So the first two years it's three terms. So you don't finish until like the end of July. Yeah. Um and then your last year is just shows. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so it's exciting. A practical experience. Yeah, it's it's um full on yeah, it's full on shows. We get cast and we get uh costumes and everything and you do. I guess a lot way. of that at that stage as well is managing the mind and managing you and managing nerves and all that as well comes into play mm -hmm. because you can be great yeah. at what you do but it's the ability to perform under pressure I think yeah because the nerves I think are, are a huge thing but they kind of disappear after a while like a huge we, do, we have a class in the Lear as well called Alexander Technique I don't know if you've heard of it it's um it's just about calming your body and finding yeah. complete calm and just grounding your feet which I was I didn't realise at 18 I had absolutely no like I didn't even know what the ground was I was up in my head the whole time yeah. Um. But finding grounding was a huge thing for me, I think. And just being able to kind of come back to yourself and breathe and 
so important yeah. so important yeah, it's so important and, and nobody really tells you that when you're starting off it was mm-hmm. me I was kind of going out speaking as well and getting on stage and doing seminars same thing the nerves were killing me yeah, and I didn't yeah. know what to do about yeah. it and then Jerry Duffy speaking coach he started to work with me mm-hmm. and just gave me little breathing techniques mm-hmm. and just again you as you say just grounding and it just yeah. it, it makes such a difference it makes such a difference it just yeah. takes a bit of time to practice it as well oh, it doesn't 100%, come straight away yeah and just um I'll never forget the time where it wasn't even third year it was like in second year or something and we were outside the room me and my friend Patrick and we were like we've run lines we've run lines before we've gone and I was like I don't know my lines and he was like what? I was like I "I don't know my lines and he was like you too know I was like I actually don't know my lines and then I was our cue and we just walked on and I knew all my lines do you know what I mean? it's like it's it's just it's so bizarre and you shouldn't do a line run before you go on anyway that was stupid (laughs) it's a bad idea it's a bad idea idea. excuse me coughing away here um (laughs) Some of the guys from Normal People then, obviously you've made a big name for yourself from Normal People over the last mm. number of months. It's come onto the screens and yeah. it's just it, it's just gone crazy. It's exploded, it's yeah. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. A lot of those guys were in the academy with you, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. So, um, Aina Hardwick, who played my boyfriend, who played Rob, yeah. um, he was the year ahead of me. Um, I was so excited to work with Aina because he's, he's amazing and it was so nice to work with somebody that I knew. Um, and then Paul, who plays Connell, um, he was two years ahead of me. Two years ahead of me? When I was in first year, he was in third year. Yeah, two years ahead of me. Um, and then Frank, who plays Marianne's brother, he was three years ahead of me. And then Clinton, who's actually in my friend group, um, in the in the show, uh, he was in my class. So there was loads of us. So you all kind of yeah. knew each other pretty well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They were the ones that I actually worked with. But then there was loads in the Trinity group as well, like Megan, and there was Donald. There was loads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It must be nice then to get into a show that you can all come together on and have. It must be a bit of fun, I'd say. Isn't it? Do you know what? That's what the kind of weirdest thing was when it exploded for us. I think is because we all knew each other, um, and it was kind of common to just kind of make something with your friends and and then it it just exploded we kind of knew like the book obviously was so loved and the characters are so well-rounded and there's you can identify with so many different parts of them but I think yeah when it exploded it was like wow oh my goodness this is crazy did you not think it was going to go that high um I just was that a surprise you just never know but um yeah, the script is so amazing. The writing is outstanding. It was directed so well. And yeah, there was there were so many elements of it that kind of you knew it was going to do like, yeah. pretty well. But yeah, you, ne- you just never know. You, never know. you, you don't really never know. Respond. Yeah. And how did the opportunity come up for you then to get into the show? Did you just put yourself forward for an audition or did somebody come mm-hmm. and handpick you? Or? So, but I was actually still in the Lear. Um, so I was in my third year um, and then the casting director Louise came in to do a workshop with us and then afterwards she asked all of us to tape um, so basically it was kind of one of those shows that like they asked like everyone was going for it like across the UK and Ireland and then so I did a tape for Marianne and then I got a call back from Marianne and then I met Lenny and we, we like I did a scene and then they went further with the Marianne callbacks and I didn't get it and I was just like oh it's gone <laughs> and it's like, I'm from Sligo and I didn't get it um, but you know that's the way things go I hadn't even left drama school yet so it was kind of it just kind of passed me by and then then they did a call out for the um, or they, they asked me to send in a tape for um, Rachel who was, um, Rachel is, she's one of my friends in the show, she's Lisa's friend, um, and she goes to the Debs with Connell. Um, And then I did a tape for that, an audition for that, and then I got offered Lisa. Yeah. You weren't going to turn it down. Oh my goodness, I was (laughs) jumping up and down. (laughs) No, it's all good. Um, So, 
I would imagine then the day-to-day of the show was probably good crack when you're all together yeah, and you've come yeah. from the same college and then how yeah. was it getting everybody down to Tubber Curry and down yeah, to Stranger? Yeah, you know, actually it was, um, so the girls in it that were, uh, Daisy who plays Marianne and then Neve who plays Karen and then Leah who plays Rachel. Honestly, the first day I met them, it was like we had known each other for years. We just clicked, like we got on so well. Um, so we just had the best fun. Like even there were they were low on trailers one day, and they were like, "Will you and Eve share?" And we were like, "Yeah, we'll share." <laughs> yeah. So it was just like we just got on so well, all all four of us, and we used to um, when we were staying here actually, we used to go upstairs instead of going to the bar and watch Love Island. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was in the middle of the summer, um, and we just had the best crack. And then there was like there was rap parties, and it, we just had so much fun filming, and um, just made it really relaxed as well because yeah. we were all making something together. I guess it's yeah. nice for you as well, though, being from Sligo to actually have it on your doorstep. You probably felt very at home rather than yeah. having to go somewhere else to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it was kind of. Yeah, it was kind of mad because even people were asking me, can you can you do the Sligo accent? And I was like, I don't even have a Sligo accent. The Sligo <laughs> accent is really hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, a certain tone here. to it. Well, yeah. do you know what? And this was one thing I really noticed. The girl that played the lead role, Daisy, mm-hmm. her accent was incredible. It was absolutely perfect. I was, I've never yeah. heard anybody do an Irish accent yeah. like it. I didn't realise she wasn't Irish. I never mm-hmm. questioned it. Yeah, and then I, was, I was on social media and I seen a clip of her, I think it was on the Graham Norton show. I was gone, no way. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I she could not believe it. She absolutely smashed it. It was yeah. incredible. It like, was she, unbelievable. You would not have questioned it. I was no. Going, She's Irish. She has yeah. to be. You know? It's one of the best Irish accents. Yeah. Oh, she was absolutely incredible. Yeah. But the show went to such huge heights. Mm. It was just remarkable to see what it did. And yeah. Like, I mentioned it there in the intro I think the whole country was watching it I think and so yeah do you know what probably benefited as well was the fact that lockdown was happening because yeah. everybody was tuned in That's people were just yeah, watching they were saying television. that that everyone's sitting home watching telly like yeah. they're, they're like we might as well watch the new thing well I'll yeah. show you show you just the example of it I never watch television mm-hmm. I watch football and that's about it yeah and then I've seen this show was coming on and a lot of it is filmed in Sligo it's gone do you know what I'll just have a little look at it and yeah. see just to see Tubber Curry I actually went to school in Tubber Curry oh, yeah. yeah stuff yeah <laughs> so um, decided to tune in just thought just look at it once just see what it's about yeah. I watched every single show after yeah. that and yeah. I never watched television so when well, you're getting me you're yeah, getting everybody yeah. do you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but going back to the thing about Tubber Curry there yeah. and it's you know what it was nearly kind of freakish in a way mm-hmm. in that I was going this reminds me so much of being a teenager it just nearly took me back yeah. I was going oh my god that teenage angst and anxiety and it's like even you see Tubber Curry in the background and you know these kids are called them kids They're, you're yeah. more than kids but yeah. they show your kids yeah. kids walking around in school uniforms and I was like Jesus it's just nearly taking me back in time yeah, you know yeah. there's that moment it's like oh. no they really like, I think um, the, even the way the novel is written like when I read the novel like the, it just really takes you back to like that anxiety of like who's oh. going to ask me to the Debs yeah. seriously who's going to ask me to the Debs I'm not going to get asked everyone's going to get asked and I'm not going to oh, go to the Debs and like the anxiety of not agreeing with something but not having the balls to stand up yeah. and say actually I don't agree with that because yeah. then you don't know if you're going to be the next one outcast and I think that's that's a huge thing when you're growing up and the anxiety around that of and not being able to be yourself and that was the oh. thing I really liked about it I thought it captured so many things really really well I agree and like even there you know, I could I could even identify with Connell in so many situations. Yeah. Like I was going, yeah. geez, that's like me when I was that age. You yeah. know, um, and even I suppose you think about he probably didn't have the emotional intelligence at times to say what yeah. he was thinking or what he was feeling. Yeah. And you're going, geez, it just it takes you back. It really yeah. does. And re- like even, like when I was watching it back again, like it just looks. I can't even explain it. Like 
when I was in school, we used to just, we just couldn't stand up for ourselves, especially like when the lads would say something and it was like, it was all because, you know, they were like, they had a crush on all the girls and they just didn't know how to express that. Um, But it just came out as mean and you couldn't actually stand up for yourself. Well, the teenage years are so hard. Like it's just, yeah. But I, I did, I thought I captured it really, really well. Mm-hmm. I was looking back and I was going, they've actually nailed that. Like, yeah. It, it, cause yeah. Because even, there was moments when you're watching it where you, you're nearly feeling it like mm-hmm. you're going, oh my God. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crawling into your skin. But um, for you then, I'm guessing, you know, coming back to where you were filming, you were out in Street as well, weren't you? Uh, well, I was some of the guys were, yeah, yeah, there was yeah, some scenes yeah. from there. It's been great for, for Sligo and mm-hmm. for the rural community here amazing. as well. Yeah. I think it's so good that they've took something out of. Dublin, mm-hmm. you know, obviously some of it's in Dublin as well, but it's yeah. not just all film there, they're going mm-hmm. to other parts of the country. Yeah, it's, 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 it's great, yeah. Really good. And you didn't get to go to Italy either, did you? No, I didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Tupper on a good day is nearly yeah, like Italy, isn't it? it? Of course. It's nearly like Same Italy. Thing. Ah, it yeah. is, it is. Um, so, what were the main guys like to work with then, Paul and Daisy? Because they've probably been the huge stars to come of out of course, it. Yeah. Are they going to work with it? Are they nice people? Are they oh down my goodness. to work? They're, they're so lovely. Like, um, well, I've known Paul because because of the Lear, and he, um, he's just so talented, and he's you just kind of wish everything for them. Like, it's all they're just they worked so hard, and the show is amazing. Yeah. It's it's amazing though the level it's got to and even the O'Neill's shorts have become like a I fashion know, statement. I know, to go, yeah, Come on. Yeah, yeah. I think Gucci, what is it, like five hundred quid or something yeah. they charge it for them and go, it's lads, crazy. stick with the O'Neill's is yeah, cheaper. Yeah. That's has gone and even his chain is its own Facebook know, page or oh, Instagram page and all this stuff. It's, it's just crazy. crazy. It's crazy stuff, yeah. but it's just it's great to see and I'm delighted mm-hmm. it yeah. has gone so well know, for everybody. It's amazing for them. But the you know, it's covered so many issues as well, like mm-hmm. in, like there's some scenes there you wouldn't be sitting down watching with your parents. No, no. <laughs> you definitely wouldn't. I'd say yeah. half the country was running out to make a cup of tea or bring the dog yeah. for a walk. Um, but you know, I always felt like there was messages behind them as well. Like yeah. the message of consent was there, for example. Mm. And I would say like Irish television has never covered that before, has no, it? No, no. And I think that the intimate scenes, they're part of the book. That's what the book was. And I think they were done so tastefully and then they were done was, they were done so raw and that's that's what it is and that's and they were directed really well as well like watching it I never felt like ooh I was just watching really good acting yeah yeah it was good and did you f- find then when you were obviously recording was there a bit of banter about it between the guys or was it awkward or was it how does that situation play no, out no not really no because it was you get call days so I would never be oh around. you weren't there yeah, okay, yeah I would okay. just be there on the days that I was that okay. I was in yeah I wonder then is it is it harder doing scenes like that with somebody you know or would it be easier with a stranger would it make any difference I don't think it makes much difference because after a day or two of filming, you you, you get it just honestly you know everyone so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think the this sounds like a funny thing to say, but I think my favourite thing about the show was actually mm-hmm. the mental health aspect. Mm-hmm. I, I would definitely because yeah. I thought those there was probably about, was maybe two episodes there where they were really focused on Connell's mental mm-hmm. health. I thought it was done incredibly well. I agree. And there was a lot of different layers to it as well. Mm-hmm. So I think what happened there, firstly we see Connell coming in to speak to a counsellor but there was obviously his friend had died who was Rob who was your boyfriend on the show and yeah. um, that's obviously the first part of it where we're looking at mm-hmm. the guy that has sent the text message and he hasn't replied to him mm-hmm. and you know you're feeling bad about it so I suppose you're first of all getting across that message of young fellas and you don't know what's going on in their head yeah. because he was the party guy and he was happy go lucky yeah, all the time yeah. and you just never know what's happening in someone's yeah, head I agree and I think it was done really well because there's such a stigma around men feeling anxious and men not being allowed to cry um, and it's 
it's bullshit sorry yeah. but it is um, everyone has feelings yeah. and everyone should be allowed to express them because bottling up emotions just makes them ten times worse yeah. um, and it starts at such a young age as well it I was really listening to, really does uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was just like, listening to a podcast yeah. the other day and like there was a, a lady on it and she was saying you know even if you think about when kids are growing up and it's always the, even the phrases we use mm-hmm. it's like oh you're a big boy you don't cry yeah. you know and it's all that sort of stuff and 100% it, it yeah. Just, yeah it's just the way we, we condition people it's a huge thing for people moving from rural Ireland to Trinity it's crazy like um, especially that that did happen to yeah. Connell in the show of that that idea of being so safe and having yeah. your friends and being surrounded by that that community and the world that you're so familiar with and then moving to to Dublin is yeah. it's completely different and um, anxiety can be a huge part of it I know I went through it when I first went to college I was just so overwhelmed with everything and it was my first taste of what anxiety was um, and then you kind of figure out that a good diet and exercise and sleeping well and taking care of yourself is so important today more than anything and just switching your phone off and comparison to yeah. people is obviously huge as well yeah. Yeah. yeah constantly comparing ourselves to people maybe you've said so much stuff there I love I'm going to come <laughs> back to loads of that and yeah. um, you might not believe this but I've referenced the show on the podcast before and mm. I did an episode where I was speaking about exactly that where Connell went off to Dublin and yeah. I find it difficult because I could see so much myself in that yeah, because yeah. believe it or not I'm quite introverted behind it all mm-hmm. and even especially when I was younger yeah. so like I've had opportunities to go to Dublin through my work and stuff like that yeah. and maybe could have made more money yeah. but I've turned it down because I didn't want to go because yeah. I knew I wouldn't be happy up there mm-hmm. and I was looking at there was a couple of things and going back to even the Debs I think he was on the morning of the Debs going I don't want to go to the Debs yeah. that would have been me and yeah. then even again where he's going off to Dublin and he's struggling to make friends and he doesn't really into the social side yeah. of it yeah. again Again, I was going. That's me to yeah, a team. Yeah. You know, you're just going because everyone else is going, and you you, you yeah, have to yeah, go, which yeah, is yeah, which is not true. But it was so relatable. It was mm-hmm. so relatable because. I, I would have been the sort of person as well that would have struggled to make friends because mm-hmm. of the fact that I was quite shy and yeah. I wouldn't put myself out there yeah. so I was looking at that and I was going if I went off to Dublin I think that would be me I think I'd be in the exact same situation yeah. and I think people try and front and they try and tough it out yeah. when maybe you just go do you know what this is not working yeah. do you know yeah. but it's it's amazing that they've covered it and I think they covered it exceptionally they, well they covered it so well yeah. and I think that's why again I say there's kind of two different levels to that because there's obviously the guy Rob yeah. who was killed himself mm-hmm. and then there's Connell who has another issue gone in the background that it's yeah. not you know there was stuff going on anyway it wasn't just the friend it was kind of building up yeah. and then the friend is probably the final straw when that yeah, happens yeah it's the breaking point yeah. it is but it's getting yeah. that message out there again that you just got to talk to people and mm-hmm. you have to kind of open up and yeah you have to you have to speak about how you're feeling or you, the bottling can just consume yeah. you it does it yeah. does and I think having hobbies away from work and stuff like that as well. And you mentioned it there, exercise and diet. Yeah. Is that something you do yourself? Are you into your training? Uh, yeah, I am. Well, um, I say I am, but <laughs> um, I like a good walk. And um, I'm, I've gotten very good at slowing down. I think um, when I first, I think we all go through phases of that Instagram perfect. Um, and it's completely unreachable and it's not normal. It's not, how can you, like even if I put up a photo, you do, like you put on a filter and... It's not real. I don't really edit my photos, but people would edit photos and you're looking at something that is, that's actually not real. And how are we as young people meant to look at that and go, okay, well, if this is, if that's where I want to be, that's how I'm supposed to look, which is not true. I think you have to find everything from within and then you can you can do it. 100 percent happiness yeah. comes from within and it's 100%. and you can't even rely on other people to make you happy you no, have to work on yourself no. yeah and 
you see it so much in my industry working in the fitness industry I've kind mm. of moved a lot into personal development now but mm-hmm. coming from a fitness background Instagram my god it's like I go and speak in schools now because especially for the likes of teenage girls they're so impressionable and they're so vulnerable yeah. like they nearly think that it's normal for a girl to be walking around with a six pack and if you're not that there's something wrong with you yeah I'm going, just, that's not no not like, like no. you're looking at less than 1% of mm-hmm. the population that has yeah. a six pack it's exceptionally difficult for a female to do that you know yeah. so it's again just looking at other people it's that constant comparison and like uh-huh. you said it's mm-hmm. it's not real it's filters and it's light that's and it yeah like if you if you went and took that Instagram model we'd say in inverted commas you put them out in the back garden take away the light and take away the fake tan take away the perfect angles take away the fitness poses they look nothing like their Instagram picture Mm -hmm. yeah it's just hard though to kind of get that across it's hard to to not believe it you know when you kind of get something in your head and you're like that's but that's the way I want to look it's not true I think people like Roz Purcell on Instagram is amazing she's showing her body for what it is and the strengths that your body has within it like going through I remember I, I went on a diet one time it's so silly now it was like four years ago or something and I was like I'm gonna cut out carbs I was so tired all the time and I had, moody um, I'd say yeah very <laughs> and low and energy just, yeah and it was just absolutely ridiculous yeah. and like I have so much more respect for my body now yeah. I, I'm like why would I ever do that absolutely yeah absolutely I've seen an awful lot of people just almost get to that desperation stage mm-hmm. where they'll do anything and there's they just jump from one thing to the next mm-hmm. because it's literally whatever is trendy I'm going do yeah. you know what long term eat good healthy nutritious foods yes. eat in the right amounts mm-hmm. train exercise do the things that make you feel good yeah and that was why I was asking you about that because I think that's different for everybody mm-hmm. you know I think for me personally I love training I love getting and lifting weights or maybe it's a 20 minutes on a punch bag yeah. but for somebody else it's a walk or it's just going to meditate or it's going to do yeah. yoga or whatever it is it's yeah just yeah I definitely I like um I'm more of a slow exercise kind of person yeah. like I love I, walking as well yeah though. I like um I love Pilates and I love yoga and stuff but like if someone says do a burpee I'm like no please don't make me do that please don't make me <laughs> do that nobody likes burpees uh, no, no I don't think so um but you know, I do. I like a, a workout in a class every now and then. But I actually, I found exercise and I found um, eating well that makes me happy. Like I love the odd glass of wine, the pizza. Yeah. It's balance. It's yeah, balance. yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's. I think people underestimate the impact of what they're putting in their bodies as well. Mm-hmm. Like you hear so much now about mindfulness and whatnot. Like it's great. It's it works well. And yeah. If you're into it, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. But I think the very basics, the fundamentals. Are you eating a good breakfast? Are you getting good food in your body? Mm-hmm. Are you taking time out just to chill? Yeah. Are you meeting up with friends? Mm-hmm. Are you getting out for a walk? Are you drinking water? And mm-hmm. if you do those things, like your energy levels come up, mm-hmm. the people around you benefit as well. It's yeah. just that knock-on effect. Yeah, but I, I agree, think, yeah. I just think sometimes people are really looking for kind of a quick fix or a quick solution. And yeah, actually just, it's, it's a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. But like stress levels are so high now. And we've spoke about anxiety and different things like that yeah. as well. I think an awful lot of it comes from the fact that we don't mind ourselves well enough. Mm-hmm. Like it's people are okay lockdown made us slow down which yeah, is good there's yeah. been great sides to that yeah there really has but I just think you know it's like for the last maybe five six seven years the economy is getting bigger again and people have been nearly putting money before everything else mm-hmm. and just work has become the go to again mm-hmm. and it's like don't forget to look after yourself yeah I agree because yeah. money's nothing without mm-hmm. without your health I, I agree like even when I was um, I used to work in retail before probably like a I worked in it just before lockdown but um it's you're on your feet all the time and like work just becomes like I was working nearly like 40 hour weeks and it's it's just not really what I signed up for but it it begins to kind of consume you and it becomes your job and it's like 
I don't even really enjoy this. Yeah. Yeah. You have but to be doing something you love. Yeah. And like, I th- well, I suppose that's kind of a vague statement, but then I would definitely say you have to at least be okay with what you're doing because if you hate what you're doing, mm-hmm. every area of your life is going to suffer and your energy is going to suffer yeah. and your health is going to suffer. I think if it's a case where you kind of go, ah, yeah, I don't love it, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's fine because you can probably build other areas of your life and mm-hmm. you'll get your enjoyment from that. Mm-hmm. The ideal scenario is if you love what you do, which I do and I think you do what you're I acting as well. I absolutely love what I do. Like the second audition comes through, I'm like, yes! <laughs> was, um, was Normal People your first professional gig? It was. See, I actually, wow. I left drama school early okay. to go do that. I missed the last two plays. So um, yeah, we were over in London doing our showcase. So you do showcases for agents. Um, it's really scary. <laughs> you like stand up there with a the spotlight and you say monologue, and oh, no. you, you either get signed or you don't. <laughs> afterwards, it's, um, it's it's something that all drama school graduates have to go through, and it kind of uh, gets you ready for what the industry is. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty terrifying. But um, yeah, I was over in London, and I had like I'd done the audition over there, and then like two days later, the director of the Lear was like, "You come meet me for um, a coffee or something." And then I went and met him, and he was like, "You're penciled in." I was like, "What?" Yeah, so it's penciled in for like three weeks, which is like you don't have the part, but you have the part. Like okay. it's in pencil, but it's not in pen. So kind of I was like kind of left in probationary like, period nearly. Yeah, yeah. So I think I was actually left on pencil for like a month. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if I was going back to the Lear or not. So right. I went back to the Lear and I did um, Bronte, which was the last play that I did, um, which is amazing. It's about the Bronte sisters and it was, oh, it was such a special piece. But um, yeah, and then I literally finished that and like a week later went into Normal People and then wow. I missed the last, the last. That's some job yeah. to get for your first big gig, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. What, what age you miss? I'm 23. 23. Just, just turned 23. So professional, professional actor, 23, first gig, Normal People. That's yeah. not a bad start. No, no. That is not was, a bad start. Um, very very grateful and then um, just before Christmas I had a very small role in um, uh, Finding Joy season 2 with Amy Huberman which was uh, really oh okay fun. yeah yeah, yeah so, so straight in working with know. people like Amy, Amy Huberman that's, yeah, that's that pretty was, good it was great it was lovely to see her work because she's she's so funny and she works so well Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's impressive it's been some start because you do hear an awful lot of people who are within the acting industry and they'll say it's so, I suppose, unpredictable or hard to get work or there's long periods where you're not working or there's yeah. uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Well, huge. I think, um, so when I left drama school, I went into normal people and then that was the summer. And then Christmas is quite, as like it's a very quiet period for actors because everything gets cast up for Christmas. So you get all the Christmas shows um, will be cast, especially in theatre. And then you kind of, things get cast for the new year because obviously everything slows at Christmas. So things kind of get cast for like a, a, quite a long time. And then it picks up again in like April, but obviously we've been in lockdown. So this is my first year ever at a drama school. So I've actually never been in like the busy time. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, it's, you're still kind of learning and you're seeing what Yeah, what, yeah, no, what 100%. What I'm doesn't. still learning what it is like to be an actor and try yeah. to have a job like a, a steady job and have friends and socialize and take care of yourself there's so is it many... scary that uncertainty it is a little bit but I think um after three years of drama school you, you kind of come out and you're kind of ready for it and you like you love what you do and like it gets to the point where sitting down and reading a play is all part of your job yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, I'd say the same as well in my work like because I do social media and an awful lot and people mm-hmm. kind of say to you well 
geez, you're on that all the time. And I go, well, I look at it as part of a job. It's yeah. not particularly something I want to do, mm-hmm. but it's something that it has to be done. And yeah. I don't look at it as option. That's mm-hmm. what makes me money. That's what pays the bills. Yeah. You know, whereas yeah. I think that, like, again, like social media gets such a bad rap, mm-hmm. but I think it's when you use it in the right way. Yeah, you know I what? agree. I think social media has such amazing benefits, like with the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. There's so many benefits to yeah. having resources for all of us to educate ourselves. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I think it's sometimes as well, it's just identifying the people you resonate with and just sticking with those yeah yeah make your feed a safe place i always say absolutely yeah Yeah. and the ones that make you feel bad get out of there hit the unfollow you don't need it again again this comes back to what we spoke about earlier where again i suppose fitness industry a lot of lads with their shirts off a lot of girls Mm. with their asses out and you're like do you know what i don't really need to be seeing this every day do you know so yeah each to their own but um yeah 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 Mm. but that's what i say i think if you if you're getting something out of it and you're getting something useful like i would have maybe a handful of people within the industry that are, I'm inspired by mm-hmm. I'll follow them and the rest I just don't mm-hmm. know yeah. I think you know if you're following 500 different people you're getting conflicting messages you're getting confused you start comparing yourself that's it yeah get rid yeah. you know mm-hmm. but um, yeah so bringing it back to yourself anyway away from the old uh, social media <laughs> how has your life been impacted because it's probably nearly hard to know yet that you've been in lockdown you probably haven't seen that many people yeah really I haven't um, my life really hasn't changed that much Um the day the show came out, I think, was kind of, that was kind of mad. Like, I like put up a picture on Instagram, and I wouldn't be big on putting, like, pictures up or anything like that. But um, I put a picture up just to kind of be like, I'm in this, ah. Um, but, um, yeah, the response was amazing. Like, the amount of messages I got from people being like, congratulations, and um, everyone just loved the show. I think that's the most rewarding bit, is that people actually resonate with these characters, and that they love the show, and it makes them feel something. Um, Why do you think it was so popular? Is it because people identify themselves in it? I, I do think so. I think it's a very relatable show, and I think it's tapped into issues that people haven't seen on screen yet. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it was it was powerful. Mm, it was it really, really was, yeah. Going back to, again, when you were actually in the day today, any good little stories or any amusing things happening that you'd like to share with us? Oh. Anything that's not allowed to be said in public? <laughs> um, the Put highlight the was going now. up and watching Love Island. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it wasn't uh, as much fun, so... <laughs> yeah, um, we just, we had so much fun. We used to just... Well, you'd get in, like, we'd all live together, really, in the okay. hotel, and then we'd, we'd go in, and there'd be breakfast, and then we'd get into costume, and is we'd get going cast? for is the there, day. Is there a lot of people working with you, like, is there... Yeah, well, there's hair and makeup, and then there's, like, yeah, there's a whole crew, yeah. What sort of numbers would you be looking at between all? Is it kind of 50-ish, 100? Mm, no? Maybe 50, 200, is yeah, it, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, maybe. And then yeah. Topper Curry had the Christmas lights up, I think, in the middle of the summer. Yeah, yeah, they did, yeah. <laughs> so we were like, why is there a Christmas tree? And they're like, oh, oh, they're doing the Christmas oh, stuff geez. now. Yeah. So you mentioned there that you were in a show with Amy Huberman mm-hmm. what's next for Maeve Maxwell now? well to be honest um, I am like every other actor right now it's all just kind of up in the air like everything has okay. stopped um, even gigs before everything's just been cancelled nobody knows what, when everything's going to pick up again um, but um, is the show with Amy already done or is that going to be an ongoing thing or oh it was just, I, actually, I had a very small part in that but um, it's, it's done yes okay. it's just an editing process now okay. it should be out soon yeah. so now it's kind of wait and see what happens is it? yeah really and truly um, I'm excited to get back into auditioning I think that's um, it's a really scary part being an actor because you know you, do, you put everything into an audition and you might not even hear back and you're like oh uh, and then they make it and you're like oh I didn't get that <laughs> but um, yeah it's, I'm excited to get, get my teeth into it again yeah. yeah where do you see yourself going long term is there a long-term plan or is there anything you'd say I'd love to do that or I'd love to go there oh um I definitely would love to live in London that's definitely part of part of my plan yeah um 
not for a while I don't think um my agent's here in Dublin and I'm I, I live in Dublin my family's here but um I definitely think um if all the cards aligned I definitely head over to London yeah in the future big move yeah yeah it's one of my, my a lot of my friends live over there and whenever I go to visit them I'm like I need to live here <laughs> <laughs> it's good that you're ambitious though as well that you want to do all those things a lot yeah, of people hopefully. with ambition that are kind of pushing on a bit of drive it's all good um, and learn to drive yeah and learn to drive yes learn to drive <laughs> well no I, I can drive I just haven't passed that you got to pass test. that test it might yeah. take a little bit of time if third time yeah. lucky <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going to keep saying that and, yeah, <laughs> uh, you'll get there. You'll get there. Yeah. If, you, if you go to London, you might not need it, but around Sligo, it's handy. Oh, and yeah, do you need it around here? Yeah. Ah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, look, I think we're almost done. I think mm-hmm. it's almost a wrap. Anything else interesting there that I need to know about or that you wanted to touch on yourself? No, not really. I think we've touched on. We've covered everything. everything. We yeah. have. We've covered yeah. everything. That was really good. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. We might get you back when you're a superstar in London. Oh well. Might get you back for a second episode <laughs> of the podcast. We, we will see. <laughs> we will see. We will see. Well, Maeve, appreciate your time. All the best. Thank it's you been so much for having. having me. It's been been so lovely to speak to you. Likewise, and thanks for coming on. And as I said, maybe we will get you back on someday. Yeah, be great. Hopefully, it will be great. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. That's it for this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. I'll talk to you again next week.